0: Greetings, greetings, and salutations, one and all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end of the Night Shift week. How you doing, how you doing, how you doing? It's a Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It's a broadcast we call Real Talk. And this is how we close out a night shift week with the show that we also know as Marlon's favorite night shift show.
1: Well <laughs>
0: Time for the sound of voice up, a track called Perfect World like I uh, as I made the connection with my guests for the night. She gets her camera position right. Perfect <laughs>
1: perfect perfect perfect
0: much better (laughs) oh I, i i forgot to take care of my formalities my housekeeping let me take care of that before i get into the business I want to say welcome to those who are tuning in yeah. on TuneIn Radio, the Night nice Shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Yeah. Those on NIE Radio out there in New Jersey. Yeah. In the game. Those locked in on Facebook Live. On hey, you guys on Facebook, remember it's only temporary. Don't get too comfortable. Boy. Boy. And make sure to post the link in the chat boy. so you can jump on over to PEMGTV.com. And big ups to those on PEMG already. Okay, <laughs> How you doing?
1: Fine, like deeper,
0: deeper. See- well, like I said, this is the sound of voice. The track is called Perfect World.
1: I want to say.
0: Yeah. And we'll say thank you to my segment sponsors. Yeah. Starting off with Pulsey Media Group. Yeah. When being in a moment is priceless, let's give them a call. You- for innovative streaming and recording solutions, they have the answer for you. Wanna, yeah. You have an event you want to stream live? Yeah church service, wedding, funeral, party, seminar, conference Go ahead and give them a call
1: 754-999-6020
0: You can check them out on PEMG.com Well, you can check out TV.com. But link them up on PulseEMG.com If you want to take it a step further and have your own internet TV station you can do that too. I want to say thank you to Althea and her healing heavenly hands. Althea is a licensed massage therapist that comes to you. Operating out of Broad County, North Miami-Dade and South Palm Beach counties with over 20 years of experience. She comes to you COVID-free and she'd like to leave that way. You can give her a call 954-655-9000 or email her at at ATtnet Outside of paying her, she only asks that you get off her table when she's done and go sleep somewhere else. Give her a call to her Kevin Stew sent you. want to say thank you to... Reggae Global Entertainment. Reggae Global Entertainment will take care of your bookings and your tour management. Take care of your copyrights, publishing, trademarks, business registration, legal service referrals, music production, marketing and promotion, and so much more. Get them a call, 954-9988034. Or check them out online, Reggae Global I Also want to say thank you g mac Music Solutions g mac will bring your events to life providing sound stage light production services musical equipment PA systems audio engineers DJs bands musicians singers Get them a call seven five four three zero seven 754-307-GMAC at 754-307-4622 Or check them out online gmacmusicsolutions.com The Zona of voice, the track is called Perfect World And if there's one thing that we want to have It's that of a perfect world is there such a thing? I don't know maybe we can talk about it and see how close we can get by the end of the night. I have someone with me tonight who I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to have a chat with ever since I spoke with her husband. And then I heard, yo, you should talk to my wife. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, he sold her good. <laughs> She's there, cheesing it all <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you my guest for the evening, Dr. Sabrina Smith. Uh <laughs> Sabrina, you, I think you can take off your mute, though. No. <laughs> How are you? How are you? How are you? Welcome I'm to the well. night shift. I'm well. Somewhat nervous, but I'm well. Uh, somewhat nervous? Come on, yes. now. Yes. What is there to be nervous about? It's, it's, oh. it's just two people talking by Skype, you know. You that know. is true. That is true. <laughs> Nothing to be nervous about. By the way, it's only me. You know, it's, <laughs> It's you and me and a bunch of eavesdroppers. That's, that's basically what it is. So you don't even have to worry about the eavesdroppers. So it's, it's just you and me. Right? Sure. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that I get to have you on tonight. And thank you for taking the time out to, 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 to come and hang out with us and chit-chat a little bit. Sure. To, to get us started... Could you please just give us a little bit of a background into who we're talking, just introdu- talking talking with, just introduce yourself.
2: So uh, typically when I'm introducing myself, I say I'm Sabrina Smith. I am a philosophy professor at the University of New Hampshire in the state of New Hampshire uh, because in, in most settings, uh, that kind of affiliation is sufficient for um for an introduction but i think in light of the uh the show it it it's worth saying a little bit more about my background so i'm originally from jamaica whoop, i'm from whoop, Westmoreland. Whoop, whoop, whoop. west morland <laughs> <laughs> um, i I've, I've been in the states since 2000 with my spouse uh prior to that i lived in england
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, as I say, professionally, I am a philosopher. Uh, I, I'm what you call a philosopher of science stroke, a philosophy of bi- a philosopher of biology, because I'm particularly interested in questions uh, that come out of our understanding of biology and how that pertains to many of the things that we're interested in in the social world.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I, I write, for instance, about um, evolutionary psychology, which is this discipline that is um, uh, whose goal is to give evolutionary biological explanations of human behavior.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and I'm interested in that discipline in part because I think that they get some things wrong and I Mm. try to see what they get wrong and how they get these things wrong from a philosophical perspective. So I bring philosophy to bear on the sorts of questions that I'm interested in. Most recently, I've sort of found myself thinking a great deal about race. It's very interesting, for a long time, I've been interested in human differences and I've actually written a paper that's not yet published Mm -hmm. about human differences, on human differences. But I hadn't actually quite connected that this concern that I have is really a concern about what people typically talk about when they talk about race, right? Because I, I find the whole race thing, you know, if you're seeing me on Skype, mm-hmm. you hear that I'm from Jamaica, then you have a sense of what I look like. Um, well, and, you don't, and so you don't really have
0: to- a Jamaican sound, you know, not to take anything away from you. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't. there's there's a there is a little bit of, uh, well, I guess the properness about it puts you more British. Uh, but well, it might
2: be because you know I I spend um, almost a decade in it in England, um, so I guess and those were still formative years really. Got um, you. my spouse lived in England for twenty five years. Uh I have two um adult children mm-hmm. that uh lived were born in England and yeah. um And so you know they're British, and when I hang out with them, they I guess I I pick up certain things. A little bit of the
0: cockney comes out, just a little bit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know it's it's interesting that you say I don't sound Jamaican. Um, Sometimes when I'm talking to people who don't have a sense of Jamaica, they. They say, "I hear that you're from the Caribbean," and they will reel off a bunch of countries, and one of them is usually Jamaica. Yeah. But I always also hear them say Trinidad, and I and I think that that's one of the strangest because I'm like, I don't sound like a. No,
0: Trinidad. no, <laughs> Trini, Trini. is a little bit different, you know. Yes. <laughs> but so that's yeah.
2: sort of me, I guess. So, some on on veiling, some more unveiling might mm-hmm. emerge from our conversation.
0: Well, you know. One of the things that, that, that strikes me, Sabrina, when, when in, your little, in your introduction, your little overview, which is really a little <laughs> based yes. on how you were well-sold by David. Big ups, David, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's listening and watching. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, thank you for the support too, David. David uh, tunes in as soon as I, I, I do a little bit of a Facebook Live Even on my Saturday broadcast, my music broadcast, he'll jump on in and and hang out with us.
2: Yeah. (laughs) in his study and I see him sitting in his comfort chair say you know he I'll go past and he'll say I'm listening to to Kevin Stew <laughs> <laughs> and the secret secret ingredient tonight is and he'll say this particular uh, uh, reggae artist
0: <laughs> I love it thank you David selling selling me oh I need to give him a part of a promotions check <laughs> but much respect um truly appreciate of it when you say you you looked at at people and the, the you do your uh what did you say uh philosophy of mm-hmm. biology
3: mm-hmm.
0: because people get it wrong when you say people get it wrong what yeah. exactly do you mean because you, when it comes to understanding I like to think of it as not right or wrong, but just don't understand. So when you say people get it wrong, what do you mean? Right. So there are a couple of ways in which they get it wrong. So
2: one of the things I talk about in my academic work is what I call the overextension of uh, particularly evolutionary consideration. To some ah. domains that it just doesn't apply so people want uh the theory to be elastic enough to do certain things that they can't it can't do and so that's one way of getting it wrong
3: mm-hmm. but
2: then there's another way of getting it wrong which i think is really typically how people get things wrong when they walk around and they talk about genes that it's in your genes and there's a gene for that and a gene for this. And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Or, you know, they talk about racial genes, that, you know, black people, they all share the same things, uh, genetic profiles in common and Mm. vice versa, other races. Yes, Um, yes. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that's wrong in there. And so those are some of the, the ways that those are, those are at least two ways in which they get things wrong. The reason why I use the term wrong so much, if you look at many of the concerns that we have in our social world, mm-hmm. if you just sort of zoom past the surface of what people are talking about and look at sort of what, what grounds, what holds up, where is this interest, this worry coming from? You typically find some kind of, in philosophy, or in in philosophy we say, you find some kind of a biological grounding, that is some kind of a fundamental commitment to what they think is going on in these cases from a biological perspective, right? So people want to say that, you know, you are just brilliant, and your brilliance is Uh, They're not inclined to think that it's something that you came to because you've been schooled and you have, uh, you you know, you're a stick-with-it kind of a person, you know, you will go the extra mile. They are inclined to think that, well, you have the kind of biological construction, the kind of brain that makes you brilliant. Um, When they talk about abilities, think about the conversations that we saw when Usain Bolt was just killing everybody on the on, on the, the track. on the racetrack. Yeah. Right. They were fancy, I call them fancy scientists, mm-hmm. fancy biologists of all strikes, talking about slow twitch and fast twitch and the genetic profiles of Jamaicans and Africans and they they want to find an answer that makes this thing in the world that we're fussing about, that we're having these discussions about. They want to find an answer that shows that it is real, it's not something that is manufactured, it's not an artifact of what people prefer, what they like, it's just the, the result of hardcore biological goings-ons.
1: Right. And
2: in the case of Hussein, he was lucky to have been given these biological gifts. Um mm-hmm. and in the case of other people who don't have those gifts, well, they didn't get them from biology,
0: right? <laughs> so, <laughs> they, so, so they worked so, hard so, for theirs. You got well, his genetically.
2: And this is the question. How do you discern when someone has worked hard from when someone has um just gifted gotten this, this ability? Because it's just biology, right? Right. Um and, and of course there is the sort of middle ground position that a lot of scholars, that some scholars take, they will say, well, it's neither one or the other. It's not either you wholly get it from biology, if Hussein was constructed as he is biologically and he never did do any practice, well, surely he wouldn't have performed as well as he performed. So it's, it's both of these in conjunction with each other right. that's working. So I am particularly interested in, I'm always asking, what's really going on here? What is it you're fussing about?
3: Mm. What
2: is it, what basis of this worry that you have? And very often when we look carefully, we see something like a kind of concern of sorts with biology, and this could be a good concern that we wanna say it's all about biology, or we wanna say, it's a bad concern um in that biology gave you bad traits, mm.
0: right? right yeah so <laughs> you 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 are you are questioning those that had questioned it before and put out a yeah. theory, basically. Yes yes See, this, is why, this is why I knew that, that I would like you. <laughs> Sorry, This is how I knew that I would like you because <laughs> yes. i I am constantly questioning things constantly
2: oh, yes. as philosophers that that is what we're pretty much trained and paid to do um, the so-called taken for granted answers that you know let's just go along to go along um, mm-hmm. we we as a matter of our training we we ask questions we see questions to, to 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 be asked but also as a matter of disposition as a matter of how i am as a person It was kind of challenging in Jamaica because I would ask those questions and people sometimes were frustrated with uh, Sabrina always bothering with these questions. You know, some questions you just don't ask.
3: My sister
2: won't be on the phone with me when I'm talking about certain matters because she doesn't want when (laughs) lightning strikes. (laughs) 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 <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> so much doing anymore, but uh, several years ago, I would be talking to her and the phone would go like just dead. And then I realized, oh, she was just hanging up and I called her back and she said, I'm not having any of those conversations with you because I don't want when the big guy
0: decides wow. it,
2: going to take you out. But
0: <laughs> well, here, here's here's the thing that the, the question that I ask as it relates to things when it comes to, to, to religion and religious beliefs if the creator gave us a mind that functions one that yes. asks questions, one that challenges theories, one that that, that creates things
3: mm-hmm.
0: why would we not ask the question of what we are told about the creator in and, in and of it, itself and I think that's a very this is probably one of the things that, that, that you, your sister hung yes. up on you for. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but, yes. Because I had those I, discussions. I, look, I
2: think you're exactly, I think that's exactly the right question. And, and I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone given a, a, a good answer to that question.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I grew up in church. I was active in church. I'm not religious. I've learned that I cannot be religious. For me, yeah. you can be religious if you want. And I'm fine with that. And a, mm-hmm. part of, a, a, a part of what I have grown to live by is what I created as a, as a motto to have acceptance through enlightenment. Right. And I, I, I created that when I did a broadcast on hate. And if you take the first mm. two letters of each of those words, it spells out hate. Mm. So I, I strive to have acceptance through enlightenment. And, and, and the, at, the strength, at the core of it all is the enlightenment. So mm. you have to come to an understanding of something in order to be enlightened about it. Now, we have been when it comes to like, things like religion, we've been fed a certain thing. Those who, so, who use the Bible, we yeah. have been fed... That story all our lives and we were just taught that okay you just, just believe and just go with that don't question anything just go with it and it makes me think okay so in the other religions is that what they do, they do too because the stories are very similar in some of these religious books yes so yes. you know these are the kind of questions that I ask and there are very few people that I can have that discussion with and what I, I guess it falls under the umbrella of the human differences.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the other differences that, that, that has always bothered me is one that we'll be touching on quite often tonight. And it is that of race. Yes. I ended up doing a broadcast, and I'm trying to remember if it was before or after I spoke with David. Well, now I have to be specific on which David because there was a chat with David yes. Barash that introduced me to David Smith, who That's introduced right. me to you. <laughs> yes. And I also have another David who is a consultant on the Rodney Reed case, or David Fisher. And my better portion would tell me, you and these Davids. Because <laughs> whenever I get to talking with any of them, it ends up being this long thing. And she hears that I'm talking with David and she's like, all right, see you tomorrow. Exactly. Come yes. In the middle of the day, she's like, see you tomorrow.
2: I know. I know.
3: But here's the problem.
0: Here's what she doesn't know. When she hears that I'm talking to Sabrina, it probably will end up being the same thing. And it's even worse if she hears that I'm on the phone with David, David and Sabrina. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she just, she'll just not even respond she'll probably just walk away but these are some of the questions that I have so when it comes to race I did, a, I did, a, I, I, I did two broadcasts because I couldn't, end up, I couldn't just do one and I couldn't do it all yeah. in one either because I did one where I asked where did Caucasian come from and I did another one that asked where did Negro come from mm-hmm. for me at the end of the day if you're blind and deaf, you don't know the difference. hmm Actually, just blind, you wouldn't know the difference.
2: And that made me that made me think of the um Black White Supremacist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about what's them? his name? This is the comedian, uh Dave Chappelle. Okay. Yeah, he has a skit where he plays, uh, he's a blind person, Mm -hmm. and he's a white supremacist. (laughs) 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 I I mean, I'm conflicted about it, because um, on the one hand, it's sort of funny, but on the other hand, it has a bit of a sting to it. So I'm always conflicted about, how should I respond? Should I, you know, chuckle? And you get this sort of, uh, this... This belly chuckle that just wants to come out, but you're holding yes. it back because you think that there's something kind of inappropriate. So I'm not quite sure how to feel, but it's um <laughs> right. <laughs> there it is.
3: There it is. There it is
0: there the it struggle. Is. The struggle. It is a struggle. <laughs> but in in all seriousness though, um as as when did you first start looking into things relating to to why there are differences when people when it comes to race so if you can think back to when it was so that you got I'm just, started I'm just
2: thinking you know um, so the the for me moving to the united states um Way more than moving to the, to the United Kingdom. When I, when I moved to London, it was different um, in all sorts of ways. It was sort of, you know, I'm um, leaving Jamaica as a, still as a teenager,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, going to a foreign country and trying to figure out lots of things about this place. Right. Um, so it, there was some sort of weirdness about it. But but the United, moving to the United States really was a shock to my system that I could not have imagined. Um, and I think it was a, really, it was a moving here that sort of put myself in front of my own eyes as an object to think about. Just by looking at the landscape, looking at these differences between white people and black people, these are not surface. These are really... Quite deep, mm. um, and and the conflicts. You know, I, I I've been here twenty years. Um, we've been here since two thousand, right? And I feel sometimes as if since I've been here, there's been this kind of low level civil war between the races. Uh, that every now and then something will happen and they will get blown up. Um, so it really was moving here and just getting a sense of just sort of the everyday aspects of living and noticing that this is really kind of strange this is this race thing is deep of course i'd known about race in jamaica
3: mm-hmm.
2: but in jamaica i was a person uh, from a family uh the people who were my teachers they looked like me the people who ran the country they looked like me the doctors they looked like me the people with the money they looked like me people had good um, middle-class wealthy lives they looked like me mm-hmm. um uh, my, uh, my dream for my future was one in which I would become educated um, and I would have the kind of life that many of these people had. Um, so right. it wasn't beyond my psychological profile, my life history, mm-hmm. that good things could happen to me. But then when I moved here, I just got this sense. It's, I think you have to move into the United States and feel it. Because some of this stuff is not talked about. It's just a way that people, as I call it, um, you know in Jamaica the phrase, small yourself, when mm. you take up too much space. Small
0: up yourself, you, yeah.
2: Small yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I always think when people are talking about man spreading on the train, that Jamaicans on the train would just say, small yourself, man, small yourself.
0: You know, <laughs> close the place. Right, right.
2: You know notice these things and I and I sometimes would be puzzled why is this person kind of doing this that kind of bowing down? when my mother-in-law was alive, she and her sister both moved to um, a retirement home in South Carolina and we went to visit I mean so one it was wonderful it's, it's a wonderful place if it still exists and I think it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went up to the food hall. And the workers there—they were all African Americans—and it was the weirdest thing to see these African American women, sort of—they're asking me, you know, if they can help me with stuff, but they're not looking at me. And it was like, "Yes, ma'am." And I'm—I'm—I'm. I'm, I'm, so, David, huh. what's going on? And David said, "Well, this is part of the structure of life in the South of the United States." You find people doing this stuff. No, I found it just all kind of weird, you know, that, right, right. that they would think that I, they should bow themselves to me or to my mother-in-law. And of course, my mother-in-law is a white lady. So you would think that, of course, they're going to do that um, because that's the culture there. But they were doing it to me, too, because I wasn't from there. I was away and I was with this family and mm. they had to pay respect. Right. And and I just found it heartbreaking. I found it heartbreaking. So it was, you know, those early years moving here and just feeling the culture and it started by me just being puzzled but then eventually I started to be mad because then some of this stuff started to come at me, right? Mm-hmm. Um there was an expectation that I occupy a certain role that I am an African American person because I look this way. Right. And I have to uh, I need to behave in a certain manner and some people were a little puzzled by how you are or people would say not very nice things around me. Um yes. if they you know about about white people because if they didn't realize that my spouse was a white person. It was those early years that me in this frame of mind where I was just constantly frustrated, constantly questioning. Uh, We were always talking about what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so later, um, I would say in the last five, six years, I really began to think philosophically about the frustrations that I had. And I eventually wrote a paper, um, which I'm still hoping to get published. Mm-hmm. And I've given a couple of talks about this this issue because this paper, I argue that I'm not black and I'm making the case that I'm not black on account of what black to be black is in the United States. Right. And I'm saying that when you are from a place like where I'm from and you you know, you were born and you were reared there. So you you have a sense of yourself mm-hmm. and you find yourself as an adult person in the United States. There's kind of a bit of cognizant and identity dissonance. You know, it's like, what am I supposed to be in this culture? <laughs> I'm not a black person by your lights, but you're thinking that I'm a crazy person for saying I'm not a black person.
0: So, so yeah, that's sort of... Let, let me ask you this. Have, sure. you, have you ever gotten the question, are you black or are you Jamaican? And before you answer that, let me, let me take care of this. Um, Facebook Live, this is where I say goodbye to you guys over there. Use the link that's in the chat. Come on over for the remainder of the broadcast. Thank you guys for, for, for chipping in and sharing. and Steady, glad to see you. How you doing? I know you're busy all the time, you know, but good to see you. Um, Use up the link, come on over, share with some people, tell them to come, share with your friends, the friends of your friends, the friends of your enemies, and enemies of your friends. Tell everybody the night shift is on. Real Talk Wednesday, it's Marlon's favorite night shift show. So, eh, Marlon is listening somewhere in the quiet. Eh, Don't worry, he's around. (laughs) Uh, Big up Marlon Burrell, host of Real Rockers on Reggae Global Radio and general manager of Reggae, Reggae Global Radio. Also, bless up to you, bro. All right. So, Facebook Live, deuces, take care. Come on over, use the link in the chat. So, you, uh, Sabrina, have you shook your head and said, no, you haven't been yep. asked that question? All yep. right, so that it's question has come assumed, my way.
2: It's, it's usually assumed um, that. So, with my student, students, my students don't ever use. Um, racial terms when they're talking to me. It's very weird. It's sort of like this. um, When these issues come up, whether it's in my class or just having a conversation about the social world, what's going on, and they want to put me amongst African-Americans or amongst black people, they will not use the word black. They kind of stand there and they're kind of looking down and moving their feet, you know, on the ground. They're all uncomfortable. And they will say African-Americans. Um, or um, the students who I am more familiar with, and I've talked to them about being from Jamaica, they will say, you're from Jamaica. But I've never had an experience where someone gave me an option. You're this, or you're (laughs) from Jamaica. There's just the
0: assumption. Well, um, I I, I let you know that it it exists. People have been asked the question, are you black or are you Jamaican? I know my cousin got it, and he was the one that really got it before me and they kind of it kind of came my way as a result of making reference to him with asking that question and i'm like you know and this was years ago this was back Mm -hmm. in the 90s that i was asked that first because i guess every other time they just said oh he's jamaican he's not american so he are he's not black american he's jamaican (laughs) i do remember that phrase yes yes. and you know i i kind of leave people with that one of the other things and it comes back to here this one now goes back to to religion where they ask i remember as i was playing drums for an adventist church and we are talking, they were talking about the Sabbath one day and, and something. And I said, uh, oh, that's cool. Um, tomorrow when I go to this other church, uh, I'm going to be doing something. And they said, wait, you're going to another church tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and somehow it got around to them asking me if I was Adventist. For the first time, I had played at this church for like seven years. <laughs> for the first time, they were asking me if I was Adventist, this one person. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. I grew up going to church in the Salvation Army in Jamaica. And this is where I learned to play music. And no, I'm not Adventist. And they, and they said, you know, but you're so much like us. And I hmm. said, so am I... When you say I'm like us, are you saying that I'm like an Adventist or I'm like a Christian? <laughs> Which one? Good question. And I left it there. <laughs> and, I'm, and I literally walked away at that point. I said, later. And, I'm, and I just walked away. And I could, I could see the puzzled look on their face as I said, later. And I didn't have mm-hmm. to look back to know that it, it, it stunned them for a moment to have them thinking, right. wait a minute. What are we doing here, or what am I doing here? And th- it it doesn't really matter because I've I've gone to many churches
4: mm-hmm. as
0: a musician. I've played in many churches, and it's it's some of it is is, is, is quite similar. You have the Catholics saying, you know, we are Catholic, and this is what I I went to all Catholic schools in Jamaica, and uh, you know this is the Catholic way, and. Uh, and then you have the Baptists saying one thing, and you have the Pentecostals saying one thing, and you have the Adventists saying one thing, and they're all using the same Bible.
3: Yes, yes,
0: yes. And uh, so I, within myself, without even talking with anybody in particular, I, I got to the point where I said, so what's the difference if we're all using the same book and worshiping and praying to the same God? What a difference which denomination we went to. It's like going to, to... It's like our thing with high schools in Jamaica. I go to the best high school. No, I go to the best high school. No, I go to the best school. And everybody claimed their school as the school. Well, mm-hmm. we all basically, I got the same education. <laughs> you know? CXC is yeah, rolling yeah. around, and we did the same CBA. SBA, School-Based Assessment.
2: You you hear this stuff all the time. I mean, uh, the United States is known for its American exceptionalism. You know, uh, all the presidents always say that it's the greatest country on earth. Mm. And what's interesting for me, so I listen to British radio most days. I'm listening to something on a British radio. And you will hear <laughs> the British prime minister or someone from his cabinet saying the same thing. And you say mm-hmm. to yourself, I'm an adult person. I would... If you had told me that I would be an adult person hearing grown grown people say this in the year twenty twenty one, talk about best their countries, their nations being the best nation, um, or their vaccine uh, rollout is the best in the world, Mm. (laughs) I'd say. No, adults wouldn't do that. That's the kind of thing that children do. Children, they're always comparing, and they're always trying to find ways to, uh, to, to demonstrate that there are differences, and some differences are good, and some are not good. Right. I, I just imagine, I couldn't have imagined that I would be living in a world in which people talk this way, and it's not cheap talk. It's talk that's supposed to have such important force behind it. Right, it's supposed to say something when you say that america is um the greatest nation on 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 earth and i mean some people hearing me say that they might be thinking what is wrong with this woman of course it's obvious that america is the greatest nation on god's earth (laughs) I'm, i'm just wondering if if they're all drinking or smoking something because this is just madness right when we're talking about a nation and we're talking about patriotism. We know it can go in all kinds of direction. Right. But we also use that best way, that better way to talk about human beings and the traits that they have, which amongst us are better and, and when, which amongst us should get the good stuff and, and which amongst us should not get the good stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
2: it's really um look look I think we have this we have the ability to clearly to discern to identify differences but the ways in which we use it the ways in which we use the differences that are amongst us it's generally not really for kumbaya it's to find ways to set us apart the religious case is a case in point i mean the traditions are so different yeah, and people have gone to war because these traditions
0: are so different. Right now, as 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 we kind of teeter back and forth between the the the, the race side and the, and the religious side, and even the countryside under under it all, we're looking at human differences. That's right, and it is it is I am of the opinion that these differences come about as a result of competition, like you were just mentioning um
2: well they might, depending on which ones we're talking about, they might yes
0: yeah
2: or there might just be a fallout we're talking about let's say we're talking about cultural differences. You know, mm-hmm. we all have the same challenges that we're trying to figure out in living, the, the problem of living. Right. You know, how do you, how do you construct a life? That's a hard thing to do. And you find yourself in Mongolia and you have certain resources on the ground and you're going to make a life from that. And you find yourself in Canada. You have certain resources on the ground and you're going to make a life from that. These are two very different lives. And in my right. view... I don't think it makes sense for some things for us to say that the Mongolian life is worse, not as good as the Canadian life.
0: Right. It's funny you said that. Here we go again. When I was growing up in Jamaica and now living in the United States as an adult, I am thinking my Jamaican life was the best ever. Hmm. Hmm. Because I grew up, I, I, and I believe that this, my generation is probably the last of the generation that, that was raised by a village. Where, walking down the street, you, you, you had Me? your parents doing Mr. Him and Miss Her. And some of these individuals, you actually call them auntie because of the relationship, or uncle because of the relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. And no blood relation, but yep. here's your auntie, here's your uncle. Mm-hmm. And so you had, you had that village raising the child going on. Mm-hmm. I have I, been away from Jamaica since 2003. 2013. 2003, 2013. No, I don't remember. 2003. Yes, 2003. <laughs> it's been so long. Jeez. Uh, that's a while. Um, and shamefully, but I, I, I can say I only set foot on Jamaica one day for one day since then. Hmm. I, I haven't had the opportunity to go back home for an extended period of time. So how it is now is just based on what I say on TV and I hear people talking about. But I, I, I believe that that village... My mm-hmm. generation was the last to get raised in that kind of a mentality. I come here to the United States, and I, I people barely know neighbors. If That's I right. didn't intentionally try to speak with neighbors that I have, I would not have known them, and they wouldn't know me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wonder what
2: is up with that. Well, you know, it's interesting. You say you think you your life in Jamaica was better, and. I I don't think I've ever thought about that question in full. I think about components of my life.
3: Mm. Um,
2: so there's certain things that there's certain things that I absolutely just miss about my life. But we were poor. You see, I
0: Did I you was know poor. Did you know it? Mm-hmm. Did you know you were poor?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. I was
2: poor. I was poor um, such that I would, you know, when I was in primary school. I would lie about what we had at home because we were poor. We we were a poor family. Yeah. Um and you know so we had issues with having to uh, children carrying water on their heads for instance.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um you know it, it all that stuff. I, and I ne- I didn't like it then and I reflect on that and I say no it didn't build courage or any good things like that. It's just the kind of thing that I wouldn't want for my niece who lives in Jamaica now. I have two, um, well, I have um, two, one is an adult niece and one is a little baby girl. She's, I call her baby girl. She's eight years old. Okay. Um, and particularly my, my eight-year-old niece, she has a completely different life. So if we were to talk about my sister and I when we talk about our lives as kids, mm-hmm. Shanoya cannot envisage, it's not part of her own life because she has a middle class life right, with right. her parents. Yeah. Right. So I don't miss those things. But I do, I do miss. Um I was a fairly I was part of my community, I was part of my school, I was kind of known in my in my Town in Grange Hill, and it's interesting. As an adult, you could not pay me to live amongst lots of people like we live out in the boonies. We have land and we have space, and I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. like,
5: "Ooh, yes. yes, this
2: is what I want." Right? <laughs> I. So it's interesting that you know that very kind of involved in your face Jamaican life that we had. Which, by the way, I needed respite from, and my mother was very sensitive to that. She she understood then that sometimes I needed to be by myself to sort of pull myself back together.
3: Right.
2: So, so I don't miss certain elements, um, you know, the, the the things that I had to do as a, as a kid, but there there is a there is sort of a a social a, an aspect to the social life there that is completely not a part of American life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have good friends here. I have colleagues that I'm really comfortable and close with. Two of my colleagues, Ruth Sample and Charlotte Witt, they're fantastic ladies, and I feel completely at ease with them. Yes. Um, but apart from them, really, it's, it's a, my life here is very uh, non-involved with most human beings. I find it a very difficult culture to, um, to make friends in.
3: After right. 20 but years? It's
2: also, it, it, it could also be because I'm an adult, right? and I'm looking for different things in friends' relations. Right. So there could be that. But I know what you're talking about. I know this this way of living in Jamaica that, it, that I think you and I had that, and my sister, but right. that's not there anymore, as far as I understand.
0: Hmm. And so now you get to another side. Is it because of, of of the whole cable TV and the way of life in foreign? "Quote unquote foreign," uh, yes, being brought into our our living rooms and on our devices, our smart our devices. School.
2: There's no question that's part of it. Um, so you you might remember that when you were a kid in Jamaica, you basically you woke up in the morning. If it wasn't during the school term, you went to school, you came home, and you're out of the house. And you know, unless you're doing homework or something like that, yeah. but sitting in the house, wearing out the sofa. That's just not was a thing to do, no, pale, right? no, it didn't no. happen. <laughs> and now, of course, my niece is in the house doing exactly that. And it's not just because of COVID. It's, right. you know, before COVID, it was going to school, coming home, and being indoors. Um, I think part of, so we, we have this view that cultures are sort of these firm, fixed things. They're not. Mm. Cultures are dynamic and there are lots of things coming in and going out, you know, so when people talk about appropriation and certain people shouldn't wear braids and I'm like, come on, look at the fashion that we, uh, you find in Jamaica that wasn't part of Jamaican culture 20 years ago, but which came to Jamaica from other places, right? Mm -hmm. Cultures aren't fixed things. And so I think, I think what's going on in Jamaica is life has transformed most people um, in many many places in Jamaica, people have amenities, they have televisions at home, they have cable, they have cell phones. So they, they, there is more space in their lives for leisure. Right, right, right. right And of course you also have, for some parts of Jamaica, you have the issue where people don't feel safe. Yes. So that too means that being at home, being with family, is is the thing to do rather than to be out there but I think yeah. it's just an aspect of the dynamicness of, of culture and change
0: right so when, when when we look on at ourselves, when you go to 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 work you you go onto campus at mm-hmm. um, the University of New Hampshire and You walk in there, and students don't know who you are. Initially, yes. Mm -hmm. The ones that don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. What is that engagement like? Because I think New Hampshire, and I'm thinking, boy, (laughs) that's four. It's not even far, that's four. (laughs) And that's kind of (laughs) white. You know, you know. So, when 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 you walk onto that campus, what is that engagement like? It's you know, it's
2: perfectly normal, perfectly perfectly normal. I have had my in my time at UNH, I've had a really bad experience with with a student who, this is a student who just could not i mean the he 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 appeared to have been puzzled literally puzzled that i could be a professor mm. um now he asked me things uh questions like so they have good schools in jamaica to prepare you to go to universities in uh, you know uh abroad <laughs> and 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 you know in before but here's a weird thing part of what happens with me too which you know, can be frustrating, but um, I also think it's the perspective that I bring to some of these discussions is really different and important. Mm-hmm. Initially, I didn't experience this as anything but someone being curious, because he, let's put it this way, this is not a very precocious person, um, right. uh, someone who lives a very insular life, uh, and so In fact, it's not beyond the pale that he wouldn't have understood it, that it could have been just a weird thing. You know, this is 2014, 2015. It really could have been the case that he was genuinely puzzled. Mm -hmm. And the kind of person that I am initially, I was just engaging with him. I was like, yes, yes. But then I realized, because he kept coming back, he kept coming to my office hours, and he just was... The puzzle just wasn't lifting. Mm. You know, that he literally seemed to be puzzled that I could have a brain in my head. And, you know, from when I realized what was going on, that this was, this was, this had some weirdness to it, then I didn't want to engage with him about these questions anymore. And our, 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 our dynamic, the class dynamic changed, and it became actually a hostile situation for me and for some of the other students. But that was the only experience I've had at UNH where I would say this was problematic. I have had experiences where students were genuinely curious, but they don't have the language to, to ask me these questions. Mm. And what I, I am, because You cannot live in the United States where the message is a certain thing, namely, if you are an African American person, then your prospects are gonna be less than, for the most part, a Caucasian person. This is the message. And no one is no one has written it, no one has said it, or very few people will ever say that. But it is it's, it's like, the backbone of the culture here.
0: It's like an unspoken right. truth.
2: Absolutely, it's it's well established. Uh, so you cannot have that, and then not, and then not, and then be puzzled by people who manifest that to you in your one-on-one engagement with them. Some of them will be brave enough to do that, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I I think you know I don't see my job as one of schooling anybody about the fact that I'm a human being and therefore uh, the mere fact of being a human being and the fact that we grant to human beings certain basic rights, certain basic uh, ways of being, we just grant it to them. Yes. I don't have any desire to say to anyone, please, I have these abilities. Please, you see, I really do have 10 fingers. Oh, my God, I have to. I don't have any desire to do that.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: insofar as someone might look at me and say, hmm, she's not a fully person, fully a person or a proper or adequate person or whatever. I am not particularly interested in converting them. But there are some people, some young people, Mm-hmm. who uh, initially might just, you know, uh, one of the things, for instance, my student evaluations sometimes are not great, and I will tell you that one of the reasons they're not great, my students don't know what to make of me. And this is weird that I'm saying this, right? I'm saying this on a radio show. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to say it. Very often, they don't know what to make of me. Um, so I'm in the classroom, and, for instance, they they have a problem Not one they articulate, but this is a problem that they have, that I don't take control of their learning and their lives, Mm. that I see them as adult people who've come to my classes and my job is to assist them on their educational journeys and they have certain responsibilities. And one of those, for instance, is to step up, to come and see me, to talk to me, to be involved, that... Uh, I don't think learning takes place by me pouring information at you. That classes must be dynamic. They must involve the giving and taking. Right. That as an instructor, I can learn from them and they can learn from me. That things have to be fluid. And sometimes they don't know what to do with me because the norm here is very different. And I am not, uh, I haven't conformed to this particular norm. I am Sabrina in how I am as an instructor Mm -hmm. and for some students it doesn't work and then then for some other students oh my god it's the best thing that's ever happened
0: to them so because it's enlightening
2: yes yes because I think a lot of students they come to university and they come to this is the one time in their lives when they will get an opportunity to press at those questions that they've kind of looked at before but they haven't had a chance to And so here they have someone who is one thing I will tell you, I I am enthusiastic. I'm like, this, we come to the classroom to play with ideas. Right. Right. We don't come here to do any kind of a shaming, and you should be expanded and and feel stretched, but you shouldn't find it so difficult you want to run away. Right. The, The learning environment should be conducive to your getting something of substance. To enhance your life in some way. Yes. To enhance you from where you are, and so, you know, what I think some students find me a strange kind of uh, professor. Uh, you know, I will jump up and down. I will, um, I will demonstrate with my with my body in ways that perhaps other professors don't. I will walk in the classroom with a paper bag to illustrate a point that I over my head. I uh, want to illustrate a point that is um, uh, somehow uh, well done with a paper bag over my head and sometimes they don't know what to do with this mm. so typically they don't, they don't really laugh at jokes they're they're kind of polite right. um, but I find that when my students get to know me when they become comfortable with me when they come to understand that what what I want from them is for them to use me as their instructor to get from their experience at UNH that which will enhance their lives. They will get a degree, mm-hmm. so they will be credentialed to get a job. But they will be they will understand, for instance, that you know we're all walking around with ideas in our heads, and these ideas play a role in how we treat each other.
3: Right. So
2: You don't have to be, quote, unquote, a racist. Um, You can just be someone who is being marinated in this culture. And after all, you are. And you, therefore, believe that little black boys who are not sitting at ease in in your kindergarten class, that something is wrong with them, because they're little black boys, rather than think of them as, well, did they have sugar this afternoon? Or what's going on, right? Mm. You're not apt to think of those things. And, and what's going on part of what's going on is that you have this cultural baggage, this cultural knowledge right. that that really provides us the basis to interpret what's going on in our world. so that's what my students are doing. My students are not silly. they're interpreting the world based on uh, the information that they have been told. and my job and our job is to try and show them through instruction that The stories that they have been told are problematic on multiple levels. So I I never tell my students that, you know, this person is wrong and that person is wrong. I say, let's walk through this. Let's do some logic on it. Let's think through this case and let's see if this makes sense. Why would you imagine that because I'm clothed in this skin, the very fact that I'm clothed in this skin, that my brain is somehow deficient? In what respect? Right. Right? So when you engage with them in this way, when you say, how do you know? Suppose you say you're going to um, assess my ability as a thinker. What what kind of formula, what kind of method are you going to use? And how will you decide whether what your method reveals tells you something about the smallness, for instance, of my brain, or the kind of genes that I've been given? and so on and so forth, right? I think sometimes we don't talk in explicit ways about these things. And so, you know, we say racism and the conversations, they shut down. Mm. And, and I, I often say to my students, you know, tell me more. How do you see this going? Right. How, how would, how would why, tell me why you think biology would have done it like that? And how would the biology work? Give me a story about the biology. So the onus is on them and they realize that rather than, r- rather than me having to justify my existence as a person uh, who is different from them on the campus, I say to them, tell me how the biology would reveal to you that something about me makes me not a good candidate to be your instructor. And and that just blows their mind because they have never had the thought mm. that this could be a question for them to contemplate.
4: <laughs> so, so your
2: original question was, "What is it like there?" I've had a bad, really bad experience, um, and I think some of my, many of my students uh, don't know what to make of me. Right. Um, but I think in general, uh, it's a perfectly fine university to be at. Uh, it has all of the, some of the issues that I think are plagued by y- the United States. You know, they are, students are very, uh, um, for the most part, very afraid to speak about racial matters. These things, they they poke out. They kind of, they're like... Um, they're like little wounds, little pimples on people's heads that, you know, every now and then you, you, you get sort of liquid oozing out of them. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes when these things happen, I take these little opportunities to engage with the students in a manner that doesn't shame them, Yes. Um, but gets them to think about these issues.
0: You know, I have a couple of comments here in the chat. Um one of them here saying men and women we have our differences blacks whites all colors and shades in between countries and beliefs leaders in each sowing seeds and reaping fields fields of, fe- of fear and suspicion feeding our division and taking control of our hearts minds and souls parceled uh, parceled bought and sold to gain what votes they can for power, mm-hmm. or need for identifying or rejecting someone as one or another, and something just another thing just came in and, and, and scrolled it, <laughs> rolled it, um, or need for identifying or rejecting someone as one thing or another, or not to feel we belong, are accepted, and loved, or better than is non-contributive and is counterintuitive to us all, Um, getting along and it is wrong. It further divides and encourages the fight to fit in, be accepted and counted with equal rights when we already belong. All of, as one, to the one human race. And until Mm -hmm. we embrace each other in love, and fight for each other and ourselves now this is written somewhat like how david would write <laughs> this, this this is written like how david talks <laughs> you know um and and it 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 is concluded with um we will never succeed to be as strong, as meant to be, and eventually all that's weak will be gone. One love. You know, that, 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 that kind of writing, it, it, it speaks to my core, the way how when I talk with David, that's, how, that's what I so, get from him. And that's what I get from you, too, when, as we you, talk.
2: But you know, some people would say that that is... A bunch of um, Pollyanna hogwash you know that it's all pretty words and talking about humankind and Mm -hmm. all this stuff you know that you're not really you're not dealing with the reality on the ground life's not like that let's really talk about the facts here people what's the matter with you I'm not saying that's my view I'm saying that kind of a position is clearly the position that a vast number of people don't adhere to right Mm -hmm. that they They are happy to see the differences, to emphasize the differences, to use the differences as a source of um, conflict, to use the differences to apportion resources, right? There are plenty of people for whom this idea of humankind,
3: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: that we are all one, uh, is just a foolish idea. Now... Here's the thing. I don't actually think that there is anything wrong with differences. Right. And I th- obviously, the fact that we use our differences to have these battles, it means that it's the kind of thing that human beings can and do, in fact, do. Right? We can do this.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: we also have other impulses. We can reject the impulse we have to pull ourselves apart on account of these differences and have go to war and have this kind of a social upheaval because of them, Yes. right? So so I, I don't think that we have to say, well, you know, we want to be different kind of people in that we don't even think in those ways. You can genuinely say of a person, oh my, that person is so different. And that is all that you're saying, that they're different. You're not evaluating the difference. That you um, observe as good or bad, you're simply noting it. The problem in the United States is that so many of these things are used as a weapon that we're going to hit the other team with. We're going to mm-hmm. hit the other person with. Yes. And it's very hard to have a country and a people, uh, one people, because you know people are in a nation they're, if nothing else, they're one. They they belong to the same nation. It's very hard to have that. When there are so many opportunities uh, that are pe- people are taking to to pull these differences to use these differences yes. for
0: discord, yeah, um, and <laughs> and I'm going to touch on how I, I I one of the ways I, I address this this whole race thing also. Um, another comment here, Sabrina, you are where is it? I just lost it. Um, someone complimenting you here um greeting sabrina you are an eccentric soul thanks for being different hashtag black girls rock international woman (laughs) of change (laughs) um and uh international woman woman who challenges us to think outside the square i love that I love that, I love this, that. these These <laughs> comments that I am getting in the chat tonight are are like next level. <laughs> Thank oh. you guys commenting. Oh. Thank you you know and, and and i I think you 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 can add this to a way that you describe yourself, an international woman of change that yeah. challenges us, not even encourages, it challenges us. To think so outside that's my, my, the square. My goal
2: is to challenge, not to... Uh, yeah, I, I want to challenge the space. I want us to sit back and think and think and think. Yes. I don't want to be a guru, as I was saying with my colleagues the other day. I, I want to encourage people to think. Because we, we all do it and we all can do it.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I say all the time on this broadcast is my job... It's to stimulate your appetite and not satisfy your hunger. So, by, when I'm done, you should be asking more questions than you came in with. Yes. And yes. If I don't do that and you get answers, all the answers you're looking for from uh, one broadcast that I have done, then I'm not doing something right. Mm. I I I agree with that sentiment exactly.
2: I very often when I'm teaching, I'll ask my student about some historical event, you know, and they won't know about it. So um, this morning I, I taught one of David's class. I was a guest in his class, and I asked the student about if they knew about Henrietta Lacks. And some students had heard of Henrietta Lacks so or some students had not heard. Right. And uh, the ones who did, I asked them to talk about it and they did. And and I could see because we were all doing Zoom teaching, right? I could right. see that the other students, because of what they were hearing from their peers, they were all curious and they were Googling. Right, right. Typically, I don't I I if they don't know about this thing, I'll say, Okay, that's your homework. And their homework is to go and find out, use Google and the next class. When we get back to the next class, hopefully I'll remember and I'll, before I start class, I'll say, okay, so X, tell us about Henrietta Lacks. Right. I I want people to fill it out for themselves. There's something about you learn by doing, I think. That exercising, that cognitive ability, rather than uh, sort of sitting back and Mm -hmm. being, Given the information right i think you I think you develop a there's a different relationship with the information when you uh find the information yes. when you were invested in looking for it right. so I, I I like that sentiment very much yes
0: now for me, one of the things that that when it comes to people separating segregating um, using race is. I ask the question, if it so happens that you need an organ transplant, (laughs) do you know where this organ is coming from? And does it matter if it's a successful transplant which saves your life? Does it matter Mm -hmm. where it came from? If from If you're a white and it came from a black person or vice versa, do you now say, I cannot use this organ because it came from this other this person of another race
2: Mm -hmm. there was a time when people held those views and would say though explicitly i don't want it i don't want any black blood because it's going to be black somehow Mm -hmm. um i don't think let let me let me put it this way many people would not say uh, anything like that nowadays But I think some people, even though they wouldn't say that, I think that there, there are some people who would at the very least, because they have these initial these sort of these discomforts right. you know about uh, about the races, that they might initially not be entirely at ease hearing that the heart that you're gonna get is from is from a person of color or from a white person or from uh, a a Native American, or from um, a a Chinese person, or something like that. Some people might not initially be comfortable with, with, with that idea. But I don't think so much, and I could very well be wrong, I don't think that we would have explicit rejection of a vital organ on account of the organ coming from a person of a different race nowadays. Well, at least I hope not.
0: I should hope, I hope not.
2: not. I hope not in these year 21st century that this wouldn't be the case. <laughs> but I could be wrong.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you and I both have the same hope that, that you're wrong. Really. Um, another comment here. I am different and I want differences to be acknowledged. Yes. I want my differences to be acknowledged. If yes. I were like everyone else, I would be a boring individual. I was not created to be boring or normal or like anyone else. Each of us are created to be our unique selves. Um, one of the struggles that I think people have with that is... Yes, they want to identify <laughs> as individual, but at the same time, they want to identify as an individual as a part of a similar collective. So that's right. So here we are, and it comes back to to, to wanting to be inclusive. Yes. And the 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 way to end up having a well sought after club so to speak is to say well this is an exclusive club and you need to be x y and z to get in
3: yes
0: yes 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 and nobody in that club could have any of those requirements could meet any of those requirements they just the people that got together and said hey let's form this club and let's say this is what it takes to come in
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> and as such, it now becomes this exclusive club. But at the core of it all, everybody can have that same club. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- these, it, it's interesting when you, you don't have a sense of self, but you want to identify as an individual and you want others to... Someone be like you.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of crazy to me, and I see people oh, doing it, this oh, over yes. and over and over again, and I don't know if they realize that they're doing it.
2: Oh, oh yes, it, it's it's. I think you're you're hitting at something that is so so key. There is this kind of tension, difference within certain parameters. Right. 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 So, <laughs> look. I want to be this kind of a person. I want to be unique. I, need to, I want to be the kind of person who is going to stand out. Yes. If you have a life online, for instance, if you're uh, someone in the Instagram world, for instance, what's going to, what, what, what is a term that people use? Um, brand. Brand.
0: <laughs> Yes, the brand. To have a brand, brand is important. Is you know? <laughs> to be, it's
2: to be it's to be in some sense separate and apart from. Right. Uh right, it needs to be special, it needs to be um novel, it needs to be the kind of thing that people want to be a part of. But at the same time, you can't be completely outside of the framework, right? right. So if you're gonna be an Instagram star and If you're going to be doing makeup, well, you know, you have to do makeup to faces. Nobody's going to be, even if your makeup skills are really, really super interesting, no one is going to find them interesting if you end up putting makeup on the back of your back, (laughs) on your back. Nobody's going to be interesting in that, even if it's beautiful work. So. It has to be makeup, and it has to be makeup done on people's faces. Right. So the framework is there. You're working within it, and you're gonna you're gonna you know sort of make some changes to the to the to the 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 established way of doing things, uh, so that people can come along and find them think of themselves as interesting and unique if they wear this and do this and so on and so forth. But always, we don't want to be too much of a different person because that's going to mean that we're excluded.
3: Right? Mm.
2: And so it, it, there's, there's this question, how much difference? How much do you want to be different? I, My own personal view about these matters is I'm not afraid as an individual to push the standards as far as I can push them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so interested in working within the mold. And one of the things about academia, which is very peculiar, there are some hard and fast norms in academia. Academic writing is not like writing in in, in newspapers. There's Mm -hmm. a particular kind of voice that you have to assume. And when I go to write academically, my intuition, my natural inclination, is to be more literary than to be in this academic style. So for me, part of what I have to do in writing is to conform myself to an academic way of writing and set aside my literary ways of writing. But every now and then, I will write something that reflects that I have a comfort, that that I have a preference Mm -hmm. for doing things in a literary manner. Um, So, you know, it's I want to be an academic. I am an academic. I'm working within the framework. I have to stay within the framework. But I still try nonetheless and push the boundaries as far as I can get. And I'm sure the longer I stay in the profession, the more I will be expanding the ways in which <laughs> I write. Uh, I probably will be writing a novel as an academic piece of philosophy at some point in my future. I don't know if anyone will accept it, but that would be my dream. I'm, I'm so pretty sure yes, it would this, be. Um, this tension between being different and being a part of, it's ever-present.
0: Yeah, it, and, and I'm, I'm actually very fascinated by it, actually. To, to be honest <laughs> I'm quite fascinated by it, and you know when when you first met david let me let me tip over to a little bit of a personal side when you first met David did you before you got to know him, when you saw him, did you see him as oh here is this is going to be interesting because this is someone different
2: mm <laughs> I met my spouse in a jazz bar in London oh yes Smolenskis on the Strand which is no longer uh, it's not there anymore I don't think it's in existence anymore okay Um, and uh, I went up to the bar to get a drink and he was at the bar and we got to talking and I liked him immediately mm-hmm. um and I thought he was just the kindest in that brief time I talked with him. I could discern that he was just a kind, gentle human being. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of instantaneous that I saw those qualities in him, which are qualities that I'm really drawn toward. Not that, you know, it's everyone is kind and nice. No, no, this is a specific kind of trait that mm-hmm. uh, that he has. It's very explicit, Um, and the more I got to know him, you'd better believe that he's unlike any person that I had ever met or had a relationship with. So I mean, to this day, um, I say to him, honestly, you're so different. And sometimes it's a complimentary, you're so different, and sometimes it's not complimentary. Sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, how could you do that? Right. Um, or how could you not know that, for instance? How could you not notice that you wore two different shoes to school, for instance? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so so he is a pretty interesting, he's a very interesting person to live with. Um, yeah, I spend, I, I, I tell David this all the time, that I spend hours of my life trying to figure out How did he manage to do that, where that is all kinds of different things that he's done? You know, Mm -hmm. the um, many projects that he's juggling or something that he's done in the house. Um, Some kind of a a clever trick that he's done. Uh, He is the chef of the family.
0: Oh, my goodness. How did he make that? Is he ever?
2: (laughs) Oh, the chef of the family. Oh, he is the chef of the family. It is extraordinary. It's...
0: And I'm only seeing it on social media. You are oh, getting it, to enjoy it, it.
2: It is extraordinary. It's uh, Sometimes I'm like, I don't understand this. How did you do that? How did you make that? You know, no formal training. I guess you anyone can make these things, but I don't have a feel for cooking. So I, I do find it quite um, uh, interesting that he makes many of the things that he makes. But, but I did. I think I did initially. I was initially drawn to him. Because there was a, sen- a sense of him being the kind of person who was not uh, likely other people that I had met in my past. Right. And therefore, I was curious to learn more about him. And he is not, he's not ceased to be a, a very interesting person to live with.
0: Mm. That that makes it fun all the time. Um <laughs> You know, talking with you and, and going back to talking with him, you know, I, 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 I'm just drawn to talk more. To, hmm. and, and it is not that... Yes, it is that I, I am absorbing more, I'm learning more, but I, I'm also expressing more. Because yes. it's this open mind and this opened, open-ended dialogue that we get to 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 explore life, mm-hmm. quite similar to 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 what you you say to your students, that you're going to explore academia basically,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and someone someone in the chat says i say the same thing but i use the word i use weird instead of different <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, i've been called weird i've been called weird before
2: <laughs> oh, um, I, don't I have been called weird by my students uh but in a sort of in a, in a nice way yeah you know
0: uh But anything that you're not familiar with, I guess, would fall under the weird category. It is not the quote-unquote norm that that you are used to. Um, Another comment here, I do not need others to be exclusive. I'm exclusive all by myself. I'm creating my own path by providing that one thing that no one else provides to a specific market and be the best at it. If that is not a a formula for individuals to, to, to... live by Mm -hmm. I don't know what is because one it creates a sense of individuality Mm -hmm. and two it creates a sense of needing to belong to a group because you're providing something that is needed yes yes and in providing something that is needed you are meeting a need of your own yes and people look at I don't think people that, that provide services see things that way no, that, no. That
2: but in, indeed, it, it it is what they're doing.
0: Yes. Yeah. Because it is a need to give what you have to yes. someone else that needs to receive what you have. But all they see it as is meeting the needs of those who are receiving what they have to give. No. Yes. It's a, it's it's a need that is on both ends, and we often Absolutely. miss things like this. I'm, I'm, yeah,
2: part of it is because of the nature of our transactional doings, right? So, tell bills, me about just, it. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't think. I mean, I I think during the initial um, stages of COVID, mm-hmm. there was some sense. I think there was some recognition that this mutual um, um, social exchange, the mutual the social exchanges that we engage in, that. They're really vital, and their absence were felt. You know,
3: yes.
2: I think, I think David's told me that he still can't purchase uh, paper towels online. Um, it's it's just extraordinary that that's the case, right? We used to be able to purchase. We always get our paper towel in in uh, in large quantities, yeah, uh, as well as 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 um, uh, toilet tissue, and the idea that. Well, you go to the supermarket and he can only get a certain amount at the supermarket and you can't get them online. There are other kinds of products that we use in our daily lives that we can't get anymore. So, indeed, we're supplying. You know, people have talked about how much more, how how much money um, Jeff Bezos has made during this um, COVID mm-hmm. uh, crisis. But many of the things that that we've purchased, these are things that we've needed to live our lives Right. And we, I, I don't think we would have thought about those things in those ways had, you know, COVID didn't visit itself on us. Because typically it's like, I'm paying for it and I just want the product and that's the end of the story. Right. But really, it's this sort of mutual transactional relationship that I benefit and thank God you're there so that I can get paper towels and, and, uh, and, and laundry detergent and all the stuff that we need to live our lives. Toothpaste. Right, right. You
1: know, all these things that
2: we need. And you get my money.
0: Yeah. So at the end of the day, all these human differences is what? Just a facade? It's just a a state of mind from a misconception of being?
2: No, I think that there are...
0: They, I think that
2: they are real, and are we see them, we live with them, we experience them. Um, uh, but, but, but that they are there, and what we end up using them for, that's where these questions and these worries come about from. But Got you. I just take it as a matter of course that, you know, my colleagues uh, and I are different people on, on many levels. Um, and yet, you know, we get together every Friday via Zoom to have our cocktails. And we have these wonderful conversations and we agree about some things and we disagree about some things. We love each other. We care for each other. We want each, each other to thrive in our lives. But there are these differences. Charlotte forever the diplomat,
3: mm. you
2: know, and <laughs> Ruth is um, the... Uh, uh, the sort of champion, the fighter, the the person who is going to go to battle and figure things out. And, you know, she wants to know why this is this way, why, you know, why is the money being spent this way? I don't understand why the money is being spent this way. <laughs> and uh, I'm there in between them. And sometimes <laughs> I agree with Ruth and sometimes I'm like, Ruth, Ruth, I disagree with you, Ruth, I disagree with you, Ruth. And sometimes I'm like, I think Charlotte's right. I think Charlotte's right. It's wonderful that Friday evenings in <laughs> in all three of our homes. It's it's just awesome because we have these cocktail hours. They start at five and they can go any place from five to seven thirty. We're just talking and drinking about everything and anything. It's it's wonderful. We're three women of three different stages in our career, three different ages. Um Two of them are racialized white ladies and and one of them is a racialized black lady um one is from Jamaica and two from the United States via Finland. Charlotte was born in Finland but never lived there you know oh. really interesting stuff right um yeah and I, I i I absolutely adore them I adore them
0: you know that that's 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 an awesome dynamic right there, and when you can find a connection like that you know you, you, you can't help but to hold on to it and cherish it oh, yes. and and honor it and respect it um i i absolutely love the concept of david and sabrina <laughs> and or in fact i can even extend it to barash and smith <laughs> you know, I I I I love the concept because the I can see the gears, the mental gears turning, and mm-hmm. all the ticker tape coming out of that computer with all these readouts. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it happening, oh, and so I I am tickled <laughs> when, mm. when when with the thought of it. I, I listen to you and you remind me a lot of Paul Campbell. And I'm not sure if, if you know who Paul Campbell is. If you saw the movie, The Lunatic. I have not. You need to see the movie, The Lunatic. It is okay. the classic Jamaican movie. It's up there with the Harder they come with Smile Orange. <laughs> it's up there. Huh. The lunatic, uh, Paul Campbell. I'm sure it is um is um uh, it's on Amazon or Netflix. It, you can see it on YouTube in its entirety. Oh, I'm sure he's getting it prepared. But um, talking with you, you remind me of not Paul Campbell in any character, but Paul Campbell as himself. And you can you can check through in my archives. I spoke with him what a little over a month ago. Last time I spoke mm-hmm. with him. So he's um, a
2: Jamaican actor.
0: He is Jamaican, yes.
2: So it's interesting because there was a friend of mine who lived in Grangehill in my town. Mm-hmm. I believe his name, his surname was Campbell. Paul Campbell was his name. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's the same person. Well, if it, unless he became an actor years later, but Paul Campbell wasn't an actor.
0: <laughs> well, this Paul Campbell is, and. Um, he, listening, talking with you and some of the ways that you, 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 you view life and you take on life, you know, the, the, the similarities. I'm like, this is so familiar to me. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you will see it when you go back to one of those broadcasts. Uh, I hope, Hopefully David sees it. And and says, you know, no, I can see what Kevin is talking about, that's, that's <laughs> so that I don't seem like I'm crazy. Um, but uh, let me see. There's there's a comment here in the chat before we part company, and I do a little musical therapy to clear to close out the night shift week. Um, I wasn't saying there's anything wrong with being an individual, nor wanting to identify with others uh, to not feel alone in our individuality. But when we are working to be recognised. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're working to be recognized for our human rights it is giving those who would deny us those rights the ammunition to see us differently yeah. and find yes. all sorts of things such as in the Bible to argue against when we all need to say it, say oh when we all need to say is that we it cut, off, it cut off some of the text. Oh, I think some of the text got cut off. Um, is that rushed. we are human and deserve the same rights as the rest of humans. That's what it is. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, thank you, 29. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, at the end of the day, and this, this, this now takes day. us back to what I was saying about the organ exchange, the organ transplant. At yes. the end of the day, if you're mm-hmm. blind, you can't tell what that person looks like. If they're oriental, if they're Hispanic, if they're b- black, if they're white, you cannot tell. Mm-hmm. If you're deaf, you don't know how they sound differently. Along w- w- Yeah, you can see that there are differences. Mm-hmm. But you can't hear that there difference. differences. One of the things that... that, that really reminded me um, of the melting pot that Jamaica is is I walked into a club here in South Florida and there was a live taping of a broadcast and the guest was a white man and then he spoke <laughs> 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 And I was like, blows and skirt, I walk on. <laughs> I was like, yo <laughs> It's not that I'm not familiar with this, I just didn't expect it.
2: Oh of course, of course. <laughs> Blouse and skirt. <laughs> I think I I think I just recently in the, like in the last couple of months I think I introduced that one to David. I think so. I think so, because he knows the other ones. And I don't remember how. And I said, there's a new one. I said, blouse and skirt. Of course, I didn't say blouse and skirt. And It's a challenge sometimes getting him to pitch them at, in, in a manner that really brings out their essence. Because there's a way you have to say them to bring out their essence. Right,
0: right, right. right. Uh, he'll get it. He'll get it. You know, yes. the, the way he's cooking, he'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sabrina, I want to thank you for taking the time out again to, to come and, and share this time and this space with me and with us. Um, for those that want to, to reach you and to read some of the, the, the material that you have been involved with and in, mm-hmm. how can people contact you? How can people find what you have been doing and have done? Easiest way, I think,
2: is to email me. Sabrina.smith at unh dot edu.
0: That's easy enough.
2: That is very easy. Yes.
0: And for those I that don't are have listening,
2: present online, I'm. Notionally on Facebook, but I don't really go there much. So right. that's the best way to email me, first name dot second name at unh dot edu.
0: And for those that are listening and um, not seeing how her name is spelled, it's an S U for Sabrina. <laughs> that's not, right, not Subrina. Yes, it's it's not like the teenage witch. It's, That's right. It's Sabrina, not Sabrina. Yes. So and,
2: and also not an I. So I, yes. I think it's best to say it's S U B R E N A. Yes. So it's different on two levels. Right. <laughs> not an A and not an I.
0: Right. And um, one more comment here in the chat. Imagine being the only person in a country and Western in a country and Western bar in Hattiesburg, Mississippi.
2: It might be fun. It might be fun. Uh, we were up in Scotland um, uh, away from lots of normal things in a pub and we heard people talking and you know Typically when I hear Scottish people talk, I sort of need um
0: a translator.
2: A translator. Yes. And these people were having a jolly good time and they were curious about me and it was not offensive. It was genuine curiosity without any of the offense. And we had a good time there. It was it it was fun. It really was fun.
0: Well, nine sixty you're saying this was scary. <laughs> Hatchesburg, <laughs> Mississippi only black person in a country and western bar <laughs> you know i don't know I, 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 I don't know i don't know i can't i can't i don't think i can do that What i'm not there but are that, some that places
2: would be, that would be difficult
0: yes. yes there are some places in the united states where i barely want to say the name let alone to visit and it, it it's sad in 2021 to be making a statement like that but here's the thing that's the reality
2: it is a reality it is a reality and i think being cautious is not a bad attitude to have and not a bad practice mm-hmm. it's a good practice cautiousness yeah. appropriate cautiousness
0: right sabrina thank you very much once again uh, thank you. David, thank you for the link up. And <laughs> I should say, David, thank you for the link up to David. And David, thank you for the link up to Sabrina. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed myself. And thank you, folks, who've been listening. And I guess have people been watching if they have? Yes. Uh, thank yes. you. Thank you. David I hope I um, gave you some things to think about.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And, you know, this particular installment of the Night Shift, Real Talk, this is what it's all about. It is the the real talk. It's how we interact with each other. And some of the the, the psychology behind it, some of the physiology behind it, some of of the things that we don't question.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: At the end of the day, really and truly, it's just an extension of me. (laughs) the 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 three show the three broadcasts are just bits of me that i need answers to some questions and i get to ask them out loud so fantastic thank you for helping me in in addressing this aspect of this question of human differences sure and Thank fortunately you. for us we have more questions than we do answers. So we get to do to go to do this again and again and again. And I'll say this right now as I have you on this broadcast. I said it with, with, with David Smith. I I definitely need to get you all on Together. one call. <laughs> and I wouldn't even know how to 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 to. to, to, to Set it up as in (laughs) to present it before, yeah. But as I'll figure it out, I just need to make it happen, okay. So, Barash, if you're listening, line up yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I know David Smith is listening, yes, yes. We just need to make it happen. Thank you again. Y'all take care. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the week. We will be in touch. Take care. Thanks. All right. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Sabrina Smith. Dr. Sabrina Smith. What a woman. Boy, I, I... All I can say is, what a woman. Um, I'm gonna take a quick little break. Let me see, eight minutes at the top of the one? No, we're not taking a break. We're just going straight into it. Musical therapy. Let's close out the week. (music) This is Christine Alicia. The track is called Black Diamond.
5: He on a, a water, water. What do What you mean this is a depression? Turn around it and it's just compression Half of destiny
0: 960. So 960 says with being the only black person in this in this country and Western club in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, got up and started doing the electric slide and a lot of them joined in. There you go 960. You show them that you're not that different from them after all. They working out to the stamina all-stars. I spread through the TV station. It's called Mr. Misleader.
4: The Satan. Satan. The daughter, the
0: Five minutes to the top of their wall. Evil lies. Can't you see
4: where the evil
0: lies? Christine is singing about you, 960. I get it. I can dig it. Mr. Misleader. You go on, Black Diamond. Mr.
4: Misleader Manaya motivator You think that we can see through your disguise Maska, 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 maska Talk a good one, but behind you are brutal lies. No one can scrutinize you You don't know what it means To be wrong and carry on Living in a delusional existence He say you a champion No, political bad man Sad to see the casualty Enough of them still believe Everything you say Every day Some of them just pretend like this is all okay A time now for break free of the mental chains Or it's all going up in flames I, yo!
0: As we close out this Night Shift week, I want to thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your participation. I encourage you to be mindful of those in your community. Your community is not just the development that you live in. It spreads far and wide. So those that you pass on the bus, on the plane, on the boat, or the train, whether you walk, ride or drive. Right. These are members of your community. Do something good for one of them today because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Stewart, so I like to do it to you, for you and with you every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, 10 p.m. till midnight Eastern. Yo, evil
4: eyes, evil eyes.
0: You see when and you can join me on Saturdays also on ReggaeGlobalRadio.com. On the saturday stew <laughs> in which i have that secret ingredient
4: Master manipulator. Master manip- Misleader.
0: is on a paul anthony it's called mr misleader I bounce out with this one. It's Hal Anthony. They
1: don't know how to do things right. Teach them, judge them.
0: Teach them. It's called Illumination.
1: And to unite, Lord. Because all, all them are for self-right. They don't know how
0: to do things right. Until, until we meet again. Teach them. Teach them to unite. Y'all take care of yourselves, be good, if you can't be good, be good at it, good morning, good afternoon, good day to you wherever you are in the world, from right here in South Florida, I bid you a good night.
4: I read Funks on Reggae Globe Radio every Saturday at 8 p.m. with Kev Stew. We will give you a pre life, uh, brand new, good for you. Kick away like a ball if it was a dance song. You hear that?
0: Greetings and salutations. This is DJ Kevin Stew inviting you to bubble up and simmer down with me in the Saturday Stew right here on Reggae Global Radio. Get ready for the special segment called The Secret Ingredient where you may hear from your favorite artist or producer. Saturday Stew happens every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time exclusively on reggaeglobalradio.com where we get high on reggae.